This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. In for Payne and Pendergast, Sean Bajani and John McLean in. John McLean presented by Horn Solutions. If you'd like to be involved in the show, you can hit us up, 713-572-4610, 572-4610. Call or text the trailer wheel and frame text line. So the race for the number one overall pick and former fan favorite and a Houston reunion. We'll talk a little bit about those this segment. Let's hit the uh, Texans, though. We got a, a number of texts in all morning long, but really just an influx of them here in the last five or ten minutes. Well, fire away, Sean. So, uh, John, glad you mentioned Gary Kubiak. You see Gary coming back as an OC. I'd love to see (laughs) Gary team up with D'Amico Ryans in Houston. Any chances? Asks one texter. Wouldn't that be be something? When D'Amico is a head coach, which should be after the season, he's he's been a coordinator two years. He is going to need a strong presence on the offensive side, preferably somebody who has been a head coach. It won't surprise me if D'Amico doesn't reach out to Gary to see if he's interested in that. And I would think that would – and I don't think Gary will do it. I think he's done with coaching. And – but, man, he would – that would be a great way to have a a former head coach who you know very well. D'Amico came here same – same year as Gary, and uh, even though D'Amico would be the boss, he wouldn't expect Gary to be his assistant. He'd yeah. be like co-head coach but not in title. Yeah. But he could bounce everything off of him. He could turn the offense over to him. I think that would be great, but I don't think it'll No, happen. it's not going to happen. There's no way. But you know, it's just it wouldn't like a- surprise me if D'Amico didn't reach out to Kubiak and say, Coobs. Coobs, well, let me run something by you. You know, you brought something up earlier, and we'll get to the number one thing here in, in just a second. But in, in relation to, like, all right, Lovey Smith, you know, we, we don't know his status right now. And I, I still think he's gone after the season. I I, I, I kind of think he's been dead man walking all year long. That's just kind of what I believe. Um, You're right. You don't normally see a team go 
defensive-minded coach, defensive coordinator with another defensive-minded coach as a head coach. Does that, I mean, you can't just automatically erase a guy like D'Amico Ryans because of the tree that really he's come from in San Francisco, the Shanahan connection. If he's able to find a guy, you know, that, that can run, you know, that offense and bring him here, to develop a, a Bryce Young or a C.J. Stroud, I mean, that could be a thing. You can't cross him off the board just because he's a defensive guy. No, of course not. And every every guy who wants to be head coach has in his laptop a list at every position of multiple lists. And when they get hired, you cross them off. And when he does an interview and they say, okay, in say D'Amico's case, mm-hmm. who's going to be your offensive coordinator and your play caller? Do you want him to be an assistant head coach? And I don't think this would be the case, but D'Amico might say, you know what? I love Gary Kubiak. I want to make a run at Gary Kubiak. And if Gary says no, then I've got this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. And some people think if you're going to draft a quarterback high, you need you need an offensive coach. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, Josh Allen's doing okay with a defensive coach. Uh, Geno Smith's doing okay with a defensive coach. Brady did okay with a defensive coach. You need to just make sure you have a good offensive coordinator and quarterback coach. And then people say, well, people are going to hire the offensive coordinator if you do well. Good. That means yeah. you're doing well. Yeah, hire the guy. Sometimes, sometimes not. You know, Eric Bieniemy. Like, there are certain guys, and I don't know if this is the case. Because, I don't think Eric Bieniemy is ever going to get a job. Well, but, you know, like, he's interviewed for head coaching jobs, eight, right? Eight or nine. And, but... And everybody's different. When you're in a situation like he is in Kansas City with a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid's not going anywhere, and maybe that's something that he's being groomed for, I don't know, to take over after Andy leaves. I don't know. But sometimes a good situation is a good situation as an offensive coordinator versus being a head coach somewhere else. When you've got that guy to call plays for for the foreseeable future, I wouldn't want to go anywhere else. Uh, he wants, But he wants to be a head coach, and he knows – his window's probably closed. He can stay with Andy Reid as long as he wants and be a Super Bowl contender every year, make extra money from the playoffs. But the fact is, the enemy wants to be a head coach. A lot of guys are okay not being head coaches, especially position coaches, but then there's a lot of them who do. Once you reach a coordinator, you know, you're so close and you want to do everything you can to maximize your chances. And, um, and there's like uh, the quarterback coach there, Mike Kafka, former backup quarterback. He was hired by Brian Dable mm-hmm. when Dable went to the to the Giants. So networking helps you find those guys, listening to people you trust, watching the tape, talking to people about how they coach. There are good candidates out there for every position. And if I'm a new coach, if I'm going to be a head coach, the first guy I'm calling as offensive line coach is Mike Munchak. Mike Munchak is one of the greatest offensive line coaches in history. And uh, Nathaniel Hackett didn't want to bring him back to Denver because he had some friend from Green Bay who wanted to be the offensive line coach. Mm-hmm. And I think he just got fired. So Mike took the year off to get a couple of replacements, knees or hips, and he'll be ready to go. Bill O'Brien's first hire, he tried to hire Munchak in 2014. And Mike went to Pittsburgh because he and Marcy are from eastern Pennsylvania and they want to be close to their families. And so he's a free agent. And he is might be as 
is value, more valuable than any free agent who's going to be on the market. And uh, I hope D'Amico, when, uh, and he's never worked with him, but I know D'Amico will want to hire a great staff. And you got to hire an offensive line coach. Yeah. Look here, look at all the changes and the lack of continuity and stability here. If you get a good line coach that you can trust, boy, that is so crucial to what happens to an offense. He's John McClain, Sean Bajani, in for pain and Pendergast. Uh, you know, in regards to the Texans and whether or not they're going to be able to hold on to the number one overall pick, obviously a lot riding on this Week 17 uh, contest and uh, what the Bears do, what they can do, obviously, against the uh, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars and the Colts in regards to the Texans. Text message says, it's a real possibility the Texans draft fifth rather than first. Indy, Denver, Arizona, Chicago will all lose out. We could win both games versus Jacksonville and Indy. You know, these are some of the scenarios, just one of, you know, a multitude of scenarios in regards to the AFC playoff picture. Um, not playoff picture, but, you know, jockeying for number one overall. If the Texans don't get the number one overall pick, if they're two, what does that do to the franchise in terms of their planning going forward in regards to Lovey status, the staff, who they're going to take? Can they move up? What's it going to cost? How do you foresee a scenario like that playing out? How aggressive can you, you be? You hope if that you're- somebody else that makes a trade with Chicago does it to get C.J. Stroud or Will Levis. <laughs> and you still have a shot at Bryce Young, if indeed Bryce Young's who you want. You know, if Nick Serio wants Will Levis, he's got to go with Will Levis. If he yeah. believes in the Kentucky quarterback, he's got to take him. You don't take a player because the fans and the media want him, and you don't take a player in most cases because the owner wants him. Cal McNairn goes, well, you know, I went to UT. I want you to draft Bryce Young. Well, he did go to UT, and he might want him to draft Bryce Young. But he's not going to do that because that's not the way they operate. They're going to leave it up to Casario because that's why they're paying him $5 million a year on a $6 million six-year contract. And um, if, indeed, you want to make the trade, other teams are going to be trying, and then you got to give up picks. Now, they're going to have a lot of picks. You know, John Mechie is going to be like an extra two next year because he's going to come back, and he was a second-round choice, and I expect him – I don't know how much he'll do as a rookie, but he was very highly rated when yeah. they drafted him. And based on how these other players are doing, I think that bodes well for John Mechie to be a good receiver in time. But, um, you know, they'd, they'd love to use Jalen Carter. They'd love to get Will Anderson as an outside rusher. They could use both of those players. Neither one's going to be available when the Browns pick, although – What's the best the Browns pick can be? Seven. It's ten now. They're in a tie. If it were seven, they're still they're still going to get a really good player with mm-hmm. that pick. But and maybe this ain't going to happen. But you know what if uh, uh, they are a head coach and he says, you know, I've watched a lot of tape on Davis Mills. I'd like to coach him for a year, and let's take one of these other guys. And I don't know that that would happen. You got to know. You got to know that thought before you even you, hire. Yes, a guy. you got to know that when you're when you're doing the interview process, and it's it's really what does Casario think? And he works well with Lovey Smith. He worked well with David Cully. Both of those guys said they met with him daily. You know, he's not the kind. If they say, 
I want this guy. And he says, no, I don't. I'm not going to get him. Now, he may say I'm not going to get him because it's too expensive. Mm-hmm. But as far as not wanting a player the coach wants, that's that's generally not going to happen. Scott Pioli told me one year before a Super Bowl when he the Patriots had just gotten great, he said, if I like a player and Bill doesn't, I'm stupid to press him to take the guy. And if he likes somebody and I don't, I'm stupid to insist that we don't take him because he's the coach. He's a great personnel evaluator. I trust his opinion, and it would be bad for our organization mm-hmm. to me do things that Bill didn't want to do. And that worked out quite well. Text message 713-572-4610. Lovey deserves another year. I think he was saddled with the team that he got. It wasn't the best team, particularly offensively. Would love to see what he could do with the quality draft picks and a quality team. Lovey, thank you. I'm sure I'm sure he does. I I can't recall. Maybe you maybe you can, at least something in recent memory. A coach in a situation like this with a team that's rebuilding stick around and develop that quarterback, you know, hire an offensive coordinator, a new staff. Like maybe you can't compare this situation because it's so convoluted, so complex, so different. I feel like than any other one that we can think of in recent memory, but that doesn't seem like it's an all too often, you know, uh, thing that happens where a lame duck coach, so to speak, somebody doesn't seem like that's long for a job is able to, get his players rallied around the last month, hang around when you have such a pivotal decision to make as an organization with potentially a number one or even a number two overall draft choice. The thing working in Lovey's favor is these guys have been playing hard and they're playing as well as they can play. You know, when they played Dallas and they played Kansas City, they played as well as they could. And there was a stretch where they were an abomination and they were getting humiliated. Guys are getting steamrolled and everybody was going to be fired and I don't know if you can base it just on the end of the season, but um, you don't make decisions based on the crowds. But if you look at the crowd, think how embarrassed the McNairs are to be sitting in their suite and see more fans from the Chiefs than you see uh, from, Many more. from the Texans. Yeah, And you understand it, but you don't like it. You want that stadium to be filled with Texans fans and sometimes you have to, it doesn't matter which new coach you hire, but you know you have to make changes. You are trying to sell suites and sponsorships and club seats. And right now, the guy I feel the sorriest for is Greg Grissom, the president who oversees that side of the organization. And you know Greg, without saying so, is hoping to get a quarterback because nothing gets people fired up and a guy you think can be a franchise quarterback. Sure, the quarterback and then a head coach. And a new and a head coach and new quarterback gets people, gives them hope. Could Lovey do it? Could Lovey stick around? Like, can you foresee that happening? Like, can Lovey stick around? You hired an entirely new offensive staff with Bryce Young as your quarterback. Is that is that a scenario that it's you can envision? It's going to be hard to get a whole new offensive staff that's good if they think, well, if we're rebuilding – and if we only win four or five games next year, uh, they're going to fire him. And then we're going to have, then I'm going to be looking for a job. I think that's going to be an issue. They have some difficult decisions to make. Casario has got to say, this is what I believe. I believe we should fire Lovey and hire another coach, or I believe we should keep Lovey, 
make him our defensive coordinator outside the organization. Our new offensive, maybe I'd keep George Warhop. And, of course, Frank Ross. I'd keep Frank Ross. And I might keep some of the position coaches because Serial knows us better than anybody. And they may decide to go that route. The McNairs are not going to tell him what to do. They just don't do that. What's the progression from a special teams coach? A lot of people think, you know, Frank Ross has the chops to become a head coach. What's what's the progression like? Like, I, I always feel like that's kind of a throwaway. Like, yeah, you know, I'd want to keep Frank Ross, but he's not going to be a special teams guy forever if he wants to be a head coach. What's that natural progression? There's not many special teams coaches become head coaches. John Harbaugh. And when Harbaugh was with Andy Reid in Philadelphia, this was before the the coordinators were required to talk to the media once a week. He would bring in Harbaugh to talk to the media once a week because he wanted them to see how sharp he was. He did everything he could to help him get attention and get interviews, and it turned out uh, Harbaugh owes Andy Reid a whole lot because he's turned out to be a tremendous coach. And um, and so now the rules are where Frank Ross comes out every week and talks, but you're not going to go from the worst team in the league to being a head coach. So he'd have to be here for the renaissance yeah. and then get good again. And then hopefully he could uh, get an interview. All right, so let's get to this. Uh, you mentioned this to me earlier, and whether or not a former fan favorite. Really, a dream. Really a fan favorite now. It's never stopped. <laughs> you know, There's an affinity for J.J. Watt, but free agent at the end of the year. Um, is is What's the possibility of there being a Houston reunion with J.J. Watt? John, I have no idea. I just brought that up to you because I'd like to see it. You know, he has to be released. He signed with the Cardinals. It was a two-year deal. And I would imagine, and he's played very well, yeah. that he's going to want to play somewhere with a team that gives him a chance to go to the Super Bowl. We thought he was nuts to sign with the Cardinals. Then they started 10-2 and two last season. And we're like, whoa, wait, wait a minute. Watt's well, pretty smart. And now they've been terrible since, had a lot of injuries. and uh, But I think no matter who's coaching here, I would love to see him come back. He's he's a year younger than Jerry Hughes, Mario Addison. Yeah. And I just think not only can J.J. still play, he's a very positive influence. I started watching the end-season Hard Knocks on HBO because I wanted to watch him and DeAndre Hopkins. And one of the things they run a lot of is what talking to other players, receivers, offensive linemen, not just defensive linemen and linebackers and and. Who wouldn't want a guy like that on their team? You know, you mentioned Jerry Hughes. Jerry Hughes probably could have gone a lot of other places, John. I'm guessing, because he's a good team guy, still had some juice left in the tank. You could say the same thing about him before he'd sign with the Texans. Sure, he'd want to go somewhere else. Coming from Buffalo in that situation the last couple of years with Addison up there, want to go somewhere else and contend, but he came here. He wanted to move back to his hometown, play here. J.J. Watt, if... He'd want to go play in a Super Bowl, right? Or would he choose coming back to Houston, a place that he'd spent you know, nearly a decade in, to try and get this team to the next phase? I think a lot of that. And Jerry Hughes wanted to come home, plus he got a two-year contract. Yeah. Now, yeah. Ogbo Okoronkwo, he got a one-year contract. Mm-hmm. That's somebody that starts to play really well. Yep. They put him in the starting lineup. Like him. And he's playing for money. And they're going to have money. They're going to try to re-sign some of their guys who deserve it. 
and I think Ogbo would be a guy that they'd want to re-sign. As far as Watt, it would depend on, uh, you know, how much money he wanted, how long of the contract, be a one-year deal, two-year deal. Based on the way he's played and he stayed healthy, this is most sacks he's had since 2018 when he had 16. Uh, I'd, you'd, I'd, I'd just check. And you know, what does it hurt to ask? And never, like like D'Amico, when he becomes a head coach, it doesn't hurt to ask, call Kubiak up and say, Kubes, hey, let me run something by you. All he can do is say no. And I think also if Watt were to come back here, a lot of it would depend on you know, who the coach was, what the situation yeah, is. Yeah, sure. And, uh, but I think it would be a great move. I'd love it. Don't know if it's yeah. possible, but it's something they should check out. Yeah, I'd like to see Watt go play in a Super Bowl much sooner than later. You don't know how many years left he's got, how many healthy years he's got. This year's kind of been – Yeah, well, he ain't certainly coming, been one he ain't coming home if he's come at his age, if he's still Super Bowl. If if And I agree, I'd love to see him play in a Super Bowl. I'd like to see him in the week up doing interviews because he'd be great. Oh, yeah. But he, you come back here, you're not going Super Bowl at his age. Yeah, he would dominate. Whoever his quarterback would be would be number one, coach two, and then probably him three. He's John McClain, Sean Bajani at Sports Radio 610. Coming up next, uh, go for it or punt. We'll let John McClain hand out some of the uh, NFL awards for the year. Uh, that's next. It's Sports Radio 610. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com/odyssey. 
podcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odyssey podcast. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Sports Radio 610. I'm Sean Bajani. He's John McClain, presented by Horn Solutions in for Payne and Pendergast. Uh, Brandon Scott and Brett Dolan will have you at 10 o'clock for In the Loop. They'll take you 10 to 2. Let's keep it locked they in. They got some big shoes to fill. They do, man. They do, but they did a great job yesterday. My man, Brett Dolan, uh, I haven't heard him in a couple of years, so uh, love hearing his pipes when he's uh, on Sports Radio 610. Good he stuff. He did a great job doing Astros yeah, man. radio for years. I miss him. He needs to come back in some kind of capacity. He will again. He has too good of a voice. Um, but he does a great job doing some college football play-by-play and basketball as well. Yes, he does. Brand is not too shabby. You can read him he's aight. He's aight. on SportsRadio610.com, <laughs> too. He's not just a radio star. No, he's not. He not. But he, he's getting to play one today and all the rest of this week. I'll be in with B. Scott tomorrow, Wednesday through Friday on In the Loop. So looking forward to that. Before we get to uh, uh, your awards that you're going to be handing out, Question via the text line, 713-572-4610. You can call or text the trailer wheel and frame text line. How would it help the Texans to go after Will Anderson, get him number one overall, and Michael Meyer, the tight end from Notre Dame, uh, in the, I guess he says two, and then the best quarterback at the top of the second round. So he's saying Anderson and Meyer with your two picks, because you have the Browns in the first round, and then go get a quarterback in the second round. He says, "Who would who would that be in the second round? Who's a good second round quarterback potentially?" That would take, uh, of course, Will Anderson is the premier edge rusher in the draft. He's going to be a top three pick. Jalen Carter, premier defensive tackle. Texans could use both of them. Uh, Meyer, they uh, they desperately need a tight end. But I think they're more likely to get a tight end in free agency and a center in free agency. They need a big play wide receiver more than they need a tight end like him. They've got to get a wide receiver that scares defenses. And if there was a quarterback at that point, you know, I know the top four, Anthony Richardson also is in there. He's going to go in the first round from Florida. He'd have been better off staying in school another year. But obviously, he wanted to come out. And if once people start watching him and talking to him, not only does he have a great arm, mm-hmm. he, he can run like crazy. And he's yeah. big. And uh, he's going to impress them, too. So those four, right now, those four are going in the first round. As far as who they would take at the top of the second round if they drafted a quarterback there, boy, you know, Jalen Hurts was a second-round pick, and he's become – a franchise quarterback, but they liked him so much last year, they tried to trade for Deshaun Watson, and that backfired. And uh, they're lucky that it did because Hurts is an MVP candidate. But I don't have any idea at this stage who would be a candidate to be the first quarterback taken in the second round. To me, you need a franchise quarterback. You might get lucky Mm -hmm. in the second round, but you need a franchise. Maybe you trade back into the first round like Baltimore did with Lamar Jackson. But uh, I just, at this point, I'm only familiar with the top four because I'm thinking the Texans are going to draft one of them with the first pick. Texter says, uh, 
wanted to ex- wanted you to explain why the uh, Georgia quarterback you talk about Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett is not a top draft prospect. He's like Max Duggan. Those guys are great yeah. college quarterbacks. They're going to be drafted probably like fifth or fourth, fifth, sixth round. Bennett plays with with great talent around him. He's he's been blessed. He's got a good chance he'll win a second national championship and he'll never have to buy a meal in Georgia the rest of his life. <laughs> right. But they're just not highly rated. Brock Purdy was not highly rated either. Maybe Bennett or Max Duggan ends up going to play for Sean McVay or Kyle Shanahan or Brian Dable. These guys that work magic with quarterbacks, uh, you can't count them out. When you see what's happening with Brock Purdy to be undefeated for the 49ers who've won eight in a row, and he was Mr. Irrelevant, Mm -hmm. now he's Mr. Relevant, uh, you can't count out any quarterback. Yeah. Well, you talk about working magic with quarterbacks. We'll get to the uh, uh, Player of the Year awards uh, now. We'll let you hand out the hardware. You know, one guy in particular in the case of the MVP conversation, Jalen Hurts. You talk about quarterback gurus, uh, Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen up there in Philadelphia. Hurts probably hurt his case and might even hurt it more. You'd probably put the uh, nail in the coffin with his MVP case if he misses this weekend. Um, He'd miss out to Patrick Mahomes, and nobody would really bat an eye and argue with that. But it would be a shame, really. I hate it for Hurts that he even had to miss this last weekend because it would have been a great, great story if he could have gotten the MVP over Patrick Mahomes this season and finished the season healthy. If Jalen Hurts misses only one game, that wouldn't affect my vote. But if he misses two, it does. Yeah. And you could take Mahomes every year, and people aren't going to complain. But to lose Tyreek Hill, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he hadn't done squat. I guess he's hurt. And it doesn't matter who Andy Reid brings in. They still throw the ball, and they, he does a great job. Now, what happens if Joe Burrow wins the last two games against Buffalo and Baltimore mm-hmm. and plays great, and they finish the season with It'd be nine wins in a nine row. Nine in a row. Yeah. Should Joe Burrow be up there? Yes, he should. What if the Chiefs lose a game? Burrow's a candidate. Josh Allen is a candidate. I just think it'll be Mahomes because Burrow is blessed with a lot of talent. Yeah. And Josh Allen is blessed with a lot of talent, and Patrick Mahomes is not. Yeah. I mean, maybe the Eagles don't even have to play Hurts here. You want to keep him healthy for the playoffs. Maybe Mahomes throws, like, you know, three more picks this week. You know, he had three interception day a couple uh, weekends ago, and he didn't necessarily light the world on fire this last weekend, but he just seems to do just enough to win, and he is a huge reason why the Chiefs continue to win in Kansas City. I he think. is the reason. and yeah. Also, he makes a lot of plays off schedule. Yeah, plays that make that's the it. highlight reels on Sports Center all the time when people are watching, and and plus, he, this shouldn't mean jack when it comes to your vote, but he's such a great guy. Mm-hmm. We see him on State Farm. I've tweeted a few times. I'd love to see the State Farm pitchman playing in the Super Bowl in State Farm Stadium. <laughs> and can you imagine yeah. any commercials State Farm is working on right now? Whether he's in there or not, and uh, because it is State Farm Stadium, you know Jake from State Farm. He's doing stuff, <laughs> but he's he's in the public eye, your consciousness all the time. Yep. 
All right, Mahomes, your MVP, Offensive Player of the Year. Justin Jefferson, the wide receiver for the Vikings, who has been stupendous. Yeah, that, that would be mine. Doing things Jerry Rice didn't even do at this stage of his career. Leads the league in yards, catches nine 100-yard games this season. All right, Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, that's a no-brainer, Nick Bosa. Yep. Anybody trying to say Micah Parsons, give me a break. Yeah, I think Nick Bosa uh, dominates for the best defense. Teams won eight in a row, is legitimate Super Bowl contender. He'll run away with it. Leads in sacks, hits, and is second in pressures. Uh, offensive rookie of the year. Uh, Garrett Wilson from wide receiver for the Jets, despite the changes at quarterbacks, the constant change they've played for. They're they're gone back to Mike White. He has continued to stand out. Pierce, Damian Pierce and uh, Chris Alave uh, from New Orleans, their receiver over there. They got to be a, a a distant two and three to Wilson, I'd guess. Uh, number ten overall pick, leading the uh, rookie class in uh, yards, catches, set a franchise record. I think a couple of them up there. For the Jets. So, yeah, you got to definitely give it to Wilson. Uh, what about defensive rookie of the year? Easy, uh, right? That's Sauce Gardner. The yeah. Jets are going to have the offensive and defensive rookies of the year. And when everybody is ripping Joe Douglas, the GM, because he drafted Zach Wilson second overall last year, yeah, they should, whoa, wait a minute. We're going to have the top two rookies in uh, the league. That bodes pretty well for Joe Douglas. All right, coach of the year. You got. I think it's going to come down to Nick Sirianni of Philly and Kyle Shanahan. What Shanahan has done with Brock Purdy should get him the award. I think because the Eagles have been the best from start to finish, having a historic season, they're going to get home field advantage. I bet Sirianni wins it, but it's going to be the closest race, and it won't surprise me if Kyle doesn't get it. You think Kevin O'Connell factors in at all? In oh, yeah. I think he'll be third. Unless Brian Dayball sneaks in there third. Yeah, yeah. Dayball's yeah. done a great job with the Giants. But the thing about O'Connell, he went in where you have your quarterback, your running back, and your two receivers. He stepped in to a great situation. Yep. Uh, all right, executive of the year. Uh, Howie Roseman of the Eagles. Yeah, I was going to say, you, the two go. He's going to run away with that. Hand in hand, Sirianni Roseman, I think. Um, and going to finally come back player of the year. Geno Smith. Geno made the Pro Bowl. Geno. He's one of the three best quarterbacks in the NFC to make the Pro Bowl. And, uh, boy, he's handled his success very, very well. What about Christian McCaffrey in that conversation? Uh, yeah, yeah, but I I don't put him. He has not blown everybody away like Geno Smith did. And he was injured, and he's been injured a lot. He hadn't been injured this year. Yeah, It's amazing how that works. <laughs> and, I, and maybe he'll get some votes, but to me, it's a no-brainer with Geno Smith. All right, that's it. So you got uh, Mahomes, your MVP, Justin Jefferson, Offensive Player of the Year, Nick Bosa, Defensive Player of the Year, Garrett Wilson, uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year, Sauce Gardner, he's been the Defensive Rookie of the Year for a while now. I'm uh, switching coach from Sirianni to Shanahan. Oh, here we go. All right, final answer? Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> Kyle Shanahan, Coach of the Year, Howie Roseman, Executive of the Year. And uh, comeback player of the year, Geno Smith. That's the general John McClain handed out his yearly NFL awards. Final segment coming up next. We'll do a crosstalk with uh, Brandon Scott and Brett Dolan and also get you a little bit of the latest in regards to Carlos Correa and the Mets drama. That's next at Sports Radio 610. 
You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Welcome back at Sports Radio 610. Good morning, everybody. Sean Bajani and John McClain, General, presented by Horn Solutions. Excuse me. Man, it's about time. I need a nap. You need a nap? You got to go eat some breakfast. You haven't eaten. I got to go to a luncheon with the uh, touchdown. I mean, touchdown club. Uh, The luncheon (laughs) for the bowl game. Yeah. Then I'm going to a reception tonight. The luncheon's at the Hilton. The reception is the Groves across the street. Then I got duties at the game tomorrow. So I'm going to be blowing and going. Everything around the bowl game, and I'm fired up. You're going to be hanging out with the uh, Gridiron Legends? I am going to be hanging out with the Gridiron Legends. We have our own suite. It's a double suite. And uh, truthfully, we don't pay much attention to the game. All we do is BS and tell stories. Yeah, well, you're not writing about it, so you don't really – well, you might be writing about it. No, I don't write about (laughs) it. I don't want anybody worried about anything they say. One of my favorite people is Jackie Sherrill. Jackie – he comes here a lot from College Station. Jackie's got so many stories, as you can imagine. Just yeah. just a great guy. Bill Bradley, longtime former Longhorn quarterback, played safety nine years for the Eagles, one of only two players in history, along with Everson Walls, to lead the NFL in interceptions back-to-back. Bill plays a harmonica and tells stories like nobody I can remember, including a lot of good ones, about Daryl Royal. Yeah, And I just love hearing these people come back. Wade Phillips will be there. And uh, you mentioned earlier the class, Todd Dodge, Roberto Garza, Warren Moon, yes. uh, Rodney Hampton, and uh, Santana Dodson, Sikkim Santana, who was one of the greatest players in base- Baylor history. And get to be around all those guys. They'll be induct. They'll be Ed Jones, uh, Two Tall Jones. Yeah, Ed Jones. Yep, they'll be Jones. on the field being uh, recognized before the game, and the rest of us will be down there supporting. Them. I was looking at the pictures on the uh, website for the uh, Tax Act Texas Bowl, and it just has gridiron legends with Ed Jones. Like, there's no picture for him. <laughs> so I would have said Two Tall Jones, but I was like, all right, Ed Jones, Ed Jones. I'll just throw that one out there. Tutal spends so much time here, you'd think he's from Houston. He lives in Dallas. He comes in for a lot of charity I thought he did live in Houston, to be honest with you, because you do see him 
you know, uh, around, you know, quite a bit. When, of when my buddy stuff. Rob Lynch, and Rob is, I've never known a finer guy than Rob Lynch, he ramrods all the former players for charity events here. Yeah, yeah. And I met him around the Gridiron Legends 10, 12 years ago, and he can get those guys to come places, and everybody loves Rob Lynch. And uh, he he's he's a close friend to everybody, including Mean Joe Green, Too Tall Jones. There's a lot of play, former players here who used to kick the Oilers' ass. Yeah. And now they're very beloved and respected locally. When you get all these guys together, you know, the gridiron legends every year. Andre is, Johnson's is that, another one. Yeah. Is that almost – like, what's the difference for you, like, because of your Houston ties, your love, your affinity in covering the Oilers from back in the day, the Love You Blue Air, all that stuff, versus, like, Canton, you know, the Hall of Famers. You know, and some of them are, are synonymous. Some of them are in the Hall of Fame. Um, what, what is it like for you? I mean, are you just kind of beside yourself, just as if you were to be in Canton sometimes when you get to hang around some of these guys? Truthfully, when I first started going to Canton, I was my knees would knock when I'd be around all those great players that I used to play like I was them in the backyard. Yeah. And then as I got older, I become friends with a lot of them. Mm-hmm. The Love You Blue Oilers, I know those guys very well. We'll never – know the Texans like the Oilers because there's too many restrictions on the media where you can't talk to them, get to know them. And I've talked to Andre Johnson more since he retired than I did his whole career when I covered the Texans. And uh, plus oh, – He uh, talks more now than he, he do does. When he <laughs> and the fact, you know, when they see you in a locker room and you're trying to interview them, they're careful. But in the settings we're in now, it's a lot different. They yeah. feel comfortable. And uh, it's great being around them because they all do so much for Houston. Anything that promotes Houston and people do things in the community. And be sure and check out my tweet I did uh, about that helmet for charity at McLean underscore on underscore NFL. Anybody does anything for Houston, I'm all for it. Absolutely. Uh, Brandon Scott repping Houston. Does a great job. SportsRadio610.com. Always, always, always. I want to say about, about Andre, I see him at almost everything now. Andre is yeah. at everything. The, those Astros games, the the World Series run, it was not uncommon to run into Andre Johnson. Would you like to see Andre Johnson in sort of a, a Jeff Bagwell role as he is with the Astros, with the Texans? I, I, I'm curious on what his sort of appetite is for that exactly. He worked for O'Brien for a while, and then... He didn't like the way the direction of the organization with O'Brien and Easterby, and he left. And I think that uh, Nick Casario, and if whether it's Lovey Smith or a new coach, should make another effort to bring him in the organization in some capacity. He works out like crazy. He looks like he could play when he comes to practice. All the receivers gravitate to him. I think Andre, and I don't know that he wants to do this, that he could play a key role in this organization. Yeah. Get the band back together. You need to get D'Amico as head coach, Kubiak as the OC, Andre as the receiver coach. Who else? Let's keep going. Yeah, but it's not like it's <laughs> also Brian's quarterback coach. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Slow down. <laughs> Slow down, John. Slow down, John. But the best thing about Andre is like it's not like he's got the ego that would sort of make it some sort of this power struggle. I think he would be content to have whatever as long as he was taken seriously, his word was taken seriously. And he was like seriously considered into the mix. I think that that That's would be something that, point. that would be appealing to him. He's not somebody that would be a look at me guy and need to oh, sort no. of take over. Uh, and I'm not saying that that's what Jeff Bagwell is, but in terms of having to be the front facing 
spokesman type. He wouldn't he wouldn't necessarily be there. Yeah, Bagwell's comfortable in that role. I don't see Andre doing that. Even when he played and he was the best player on the team, he was always cooperative but careful. Yeah. Very careful and measured. If he had a point he wanted to get across, he would do it and people would listen. And but I think he ought to be back in the organization. I did love you guys presenting that D'Amico Ryan's Kubiak fantasy world. And bring uh, back JJ Watt. That was yeah, and Watt. Absolutely. And yeah. then when he's done, uh after he went to Super Bowl with the Texans, you keep him on as a coach. Yeah. <laughs> another somebody another, Get everybody in. Another person that's gonna be available at the end of the season. Yeah. Well that was, uh, that not was to John's, say that he's coming here, but that he, was John's kind of fantasy, you know, and I, I would not be opposed to bringing JJ Watt back. And I mean in in how is that different? And it would be better. It's similar to Jerry Hughes, you know, coming back, playing in his hometown, like Watt coming back to the, you know, organization that he'd spent seven, eight, nine years with. Well, the the part about it that interests me the most or makes me think that it could actually happen would be what do they do with that number one overall pick? Yeah. Because if that turns into a quarterback and also a quarterback that J.J. Watt himself believes in, then all of a sudden to me it's a, it's a viable option. I mean, remember what his explanation was back when he – first went to Arizona. Now that hasn't quite panned out the way that they wanted it to with Kyler Murray, but he used Kyler Murray as like the singular example and reason for why he wanted to go there because they had a quarterback that he believed in and he believed that they could actually do some things. Mm -hmm. So if the Mm -hmm. Texans are in that position, fast forward to April or, you know, and and who knows how long it should be unless they screw it up in the next couple of weeks. Well, (laughs) <laughs> May I introduce you to this organization and and, 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 the, and all of they're the endless, playing hard the for endless Lovey, possibilities. Man. They're playing hard for Luffy. Maybe they'll yeah. have Zach Wilson next year. Oh my God, jeez! That, that that's probably a way to not get you know we were going JJ good. Watt to I'll bet get, you guys to not right get now. Demico Ryan's to not get any of the the fantasy wish list folks that you want to get on this team in some capacity this offseason. I wouldn't want him here, but I'll bet you in five years, five or six years that uh, Zach Wilson would be a good quarterback playing for a good coach. He worked for Kyle Shanahan or Sean McVay. I think he'd be a hell of a lot better than he is with the Jets. Yeah. Right. I thought you were going to come with something real strong. He was I bet you this right now. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, hold on. Well, Here we go. Zach Wilson is going to be good right now is a hot take. Like, nobody believes that. He's out, but they're going to have him inactive for the rest of the season, aren't they? They're going Mike White yep, he's and he's inactive for the, for the rest of the season. Yep. yep. But my thing is, I, I don't feel like he's hasn't had good coaching. Like I, I thought last year that the the tragedy with his quarterback coach uh, with, with with Greg Knapp, of course, who worked here for mm-hmm. for a while. I thought that that was something that probably got underplayed in the national media, but might have had some sort of effect. But overall, like I like what they do yeah. offensively, That's, and whenever they put anybody else in there, it looks just fine. So. He's got a lot of things to figure out within himself. You know, I was kind of shocked all over again, to be quite honest with you. You mentioned Greg Knapp. I, I was just doing all kinds of research uh, about two weeks ago, and I'd stumbled upon that. I'd totally forgotten that, yeah. you know, he'd passed tragically, and uh, was it a bicycle Bicycle accident, accident. Right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, and look, I don't, I don't know what their personal relationship, but I, I think that, you know, losing your quarterback coach is something that, and in the fashion that they did, is something that I, don't, I wouldn't underplay. And also just, uh, you know, the fact that that offense, again, it has looked better whenever they put somebody else in there. So it's like, okay, something isn't right specifically with this pick. Yeah. So I, I would be worried. And I was a Zach Wilson guy. I watched him play. He was highly rated by everybody. Well, he, they, they played here. They played U of H here his last year. And I yep. watched him play, you know, yep. that pandemic year and and thought he was excellent. 
had thought he had a lot of potential. Didn't necessarily see the number two overall pick uh, sort of thing, but mm-hmm. understood the whole traits element of it and just hadn't panned out. It so. might have been a little bit of a desperation move after the Jets screwed up like the Texans might and won, won too many games. Yeah. And lo- missed out on Trevor Lawrence at number one overall. Yeah, yeah but man, Justin Fields was right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. He was you're li- right. He was literally. His only problem is he can't throw the ball. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he did in college. I mean, he's got to figure, he's still got some things to figure out here in the NFL, but, you know, the, only the third quarterback to rush for 1,000 yards. So, B. Scott, you and Brett Dolan again, back to back days. What do y'all have coming up on the yeah, show? Yeah, man, we're going to have a good time today, man. We're going to look at the Colts and look, I'm. A lot of people are worried about the Texans beating the Titans and whether they're going to mess up the number one overall pick. I don't think that there's much to worry about because I feel like the Jaguars are going to handle handle business uh, this weekend. But if they don't, <laughs> the, ti- the, 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 the Colts scare me. The Colts last night were comically bad. Yeah. So we'll get into a little bit of that, For of like course. The third week in a row. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're going to stick with Nick Foles, so they're doing this on purpose. And Brett Dolan, you know, obviously uh, college football uh, broadcaster, we're going to get into some college football playoff stuff and uh, and have a good time, man. Love it. I know you guys will, man. And uh, I will see you tomorrow. We've got 10 to 2 the rest of the week. So Can't wait, man. Can't have wait. a good one today. I'll John, see you thank tomorrow. you very much. It's been fun. John, you're a legend. I love you, my man. I appreciate you. John McClain, presented by Horn Solutions. Sean Bajani, in for Payne and Pendergast. It was fun. Hope everybody had a great time listening. B. Scott, Brett Dolan, next at Sports Radio 610. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.